are going live, and we are live with DailySports.com, Better Baseball Podcast. It's a Friday. Oh, thank the Lord, it is a Friday. My name is John Jansen. I'm joined by my guy, Brian Sloan. Uh, Brian, baseball has not been too kind to us lately, but that, you know what? That's what happens with baseball. Baseball is that kind of sport, but there is, uh, as you said earlier before we got on, mm-hmm. I think plenty of opportunities here to fix this. Yes, absolutely. I mean, look, like yesterday with the Phillies and Brewers, I said, if they're going to score runs, they're going to come late. And the Phillies never took Zach Wheeler out. Late never came. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that never happened. Just one of those things. Yeah, Zach Wheeler looking pretty good. And you know what? For the yes, most part. Did. For the most part, Philly's starting pitching has been good, and uh, that's been. a that's a that's a different conversation, I guess, for another show where I can voice right. my concerns on how that's going to be through the season. But mm-hmm. I mean, let's start off with tonight's slate. Uh, as as we said, there's plenty of opportunities here for mm-hmm. this one, and I think right away, uh, kind of an opportunity here for this one, David Peterson and Zach Gallen. I think yep. basically this one comes more into looking into David Peterson than anything. We know yes. the talent Zach Gallen has, mm-hmm. and he's been pretty good this season. But David yes, Peterson's the one that's kind of been all over the place, and it's trying to, I guess, figure him out in order to figure this game out. Right. I mean, he's been decent in most yep. of his starts. So it's not like he's a total, you know, wash and that the D-backs are just going to steamroll all over him. Um, he's been decent, but he gives up runs. Uh, not necessarily a ton of runs, but he gives, he gives up, him up. He gives up runs. So, you know, I would expect, depending on how long he goes, five, six innings would be my estimate. Um, you're probably looking at maybe two, three runs if, you know, the D-backs are on their game and, and are hitting the way we know that they can hit. Now, they ran into a tough stretch with Miami the past three or so games, and they had to face, you know, the top part of the, you know, Marlins rotation, but I don't necessarily take that into account when you're facing, you know, Peterson here, (laughs) you know, prior, prior to the Marlins series, the D-backs steamrolled over Colorado. They scored like 20 some runs in in a three, (laughs) four game set. So they have offensive firepower. Um, They're not facing the top tier Mets, you know, pitching part of their rotation. So, This is a favorable spot for a D-backs lineup that can take advantage of a pitcher that's good. You know, last time Peterson had, I think, the highest amount of swinging strikes that he's, or maybe second highest in his career. So maybe he's just ramping up and he's going to be lights out down the road. But as of now, so far through his first handful of starts, he usually gives up like two, three runs a game. And if Zach Gallen is on his game with the Mets lineup being questionable as to what they can do, um, this is a good spot for the D-backs. Now, yesterday, you know, the Mets had a ton of base runners and they were unable to convert most of those Sounds like the Mets this season. Yes. Sounds about right. When you leave 17 base runners on base, and you score your first three out of four runs in a game on bases loaded walks. <laughs> that's not good for your offense. You know, that's that's more of, well, St. Louis just left 
scant in too long, or St. Louis just didn't have good pitching yesterday, as good as they can pitch. And, you know, if if the Mets are doing that offensively, I, I know they're on the road and they're home now, but still, if they're doing that offensively, I think Zach Allen's in a great spot and the D-back should be able to hit Peterson and be in a great spot to capitalize on whatever the Mets are, you know, offering. Yeah, and you look so far, Arizona's doing pretty good against left-handed pitching. David mm-hmm. Peterson, um, yeah, he's a he's a bit of a wild card. I, I would definitely say that. The strikeout rate's definitely there, 29 strikeouts mm-hmm. in 24 and a third's innings. So uh, the strikeouts are there. It's just that he's been sort of a mixed bag this season. And his last start against the Phillies was very good. Five innings, one earned run. Uh, but he does have an ERA of 4.81. A lot of that coming in really the first game against the Phillies. And sort of after that, uh, his worst outing probably since then was three and a third and three Mm -hmm. runs against the Cubs. That's about it. I I think, look, I would probably go with the Diamondbacks here. I think they haven't won very much lately, especially look at their last five. They've won (laughs) only one out of their last five, which is not Mm -hmm. very good. The Mets have won three out of their last five, which is better basically. Yes. Uh, but it's it's David Peterson here, which I, I kind of want to bet against, especially at, at a minus 137 price. It's not outrageous or anything, mm-hmm. uh, but I think you're getting a, a pretty advantageous pitching matchup in, like I think you said, Zach Allen can shut down this Mets offense. I think the mm-hmm. Diamondbacks offense has not been good lately. I think they're in a spot here to maybe put up a few runs mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, um, David Peterson, the first few innings here. I would probably go with the Diamondbacks. If you want to stay safe and not go with the Diamondbacks full game, I get it. Plus 118, probably um, not not the exact price that you want to bet a team like the Diamondbacks on who are 9-11 away from home, 15-16 this season. But um, I think the money line for the first five, they just want to stick with Gallon. Basically, I I – I want to just bet Gallon's first five here and yes. and kind of stick with that at plus 104. It's still plus money. It's not uh, obviously the plus 118 because uh, the pitching matchup is, again, Zach Gallon's better than David Peterson. But I still think plus money there is not a bad spot for the way Gallon has been pitching this season. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's go to another one. In, well, that was uh, I was really kind of interested in just because of the price and the way Rodon's been pitching. Um, it, it's It's interesting. This one, because it, it, Rodon is one of those pitchers now that he's doing so well that you're just kind of waiting for. All right, but when is the real Rodon? Is is this now the real Carlos Rodon, or one that we've been seeing the past few years? You know, it, around the corner, basically. I think that's always the question now for Rodon. Basically, uh, the next few starts. I'm not betting the White Sox at minus one fifty five. I like the fact that Kansas City's at home. Brad Keller's not been good this season. Um, the White Sox lineup though is a little bit hurt and they, they, yes. they do better against left-handed pitching than right-handed pitching, which, um, they have been doing well against both, uh, sides, um, so far this season, but the minus 155 is where I just go too many things here that I just, I'm not a big fan of with the White Sox, especially the fact that Rodon's priced so high at minus 155. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of a. I feel like it's kind of a toss-up because the Royals are on a five-game losing streak. They're they're coming home. They haven't really produced offensively recently. Um, yeah. They're looking to get things turned around. But you got Rodon in your in your way, and he's probably going to be his usual self. 
and be able to shut down a struggling Royals offense. But on the other hand, you have uh, an injured, beaten up White Sox team that, you know, I mean, what what can they do? Um, you know, Jimenez is out. Robert's out. You, you're missing key pieces to that offensive lineup. Now, Jimenez isn't a huge deal because they've played the whole season without Jimenez. So, okay, fine. But, you know, Luis so Robert's it's out. piling up once they continue yeah. to pile up like this. Yeah, it becomes yeah, I mean, absolutely it's, because of You know, problem. you're, you're going to hit a breaking point where you're, you're just losing yeah. too many pieces. And, yep. and that's kind of what, not necessarily where the White Sox are at, but that's kind of the trend that they're heading. You know, like the Dodgers are kind of in the same spot too. Um, but yeah, like the key is, is I think the White Sox have enough offensive in their lineup or potential in their lineup it, that they can get hits off of Keller. And and Keller usually has like one terrible inning per outing. So is he going to follow through on that trend and have that one inning where things just go wrong or the defense doesn't back him up or he gives up a, you know, a few soft hits and, and gives up a few easy runs, you know, maybe the, uh, you know, maybe the White Sox can connect on a on a mistake and get a home run here or home run there. Um, I'm leaning towards, you know, the White Sox being able to to persevere on the back of Carlos Radon's pitching. That that's what I'm essentially looking at in this game is yeah. that the White Sox can make it through this game against a struggling Royals team, assuming that you know, the Royals are still struggling that they come home off of a road trip off of, you know, a five game losing streak. They can get some things together. They can, they can maybe get some stuff in, but I, I just think Carlos Rodon is too much of a shutdown pitcher that I don't know that the Royals can generate the offense needed to provide them with the opportunities to take advantage of what Brad yeah. Keller is doing on the mound. I, I think basically I'm not betting either way because I'm just, yeah. I, I'm, it's it's in the back of my mind. And maybe it shouldn't be. You know, maybe after a while I need to get that out of my head. But it's just the I've seen what Rodon looks like the past mm-hmm. few years. I've only seen it's and it's been terrific. The the yeah. five or six games that he's pitched, but also I don't know if that's really the what he's truly is. Now everything his stuff is much better. I know mm-hmm. he's added velocity on a lot of his pitches, yeah. uh, including his fastball, including his slider, but I'm I'm still just not completely convinced that we're going to get this night in or, or, or outing after outing from from Carlos Rodon. So I'm I'm just not betting it either way because I don't think it's also worth betting against it at this point too, uh, just because it's been so good. Uh, so I'm for the most part I think I'm just gonna I'm, I think I'm honestly just gonna back off from it uh, unless I, I see something with the White Sox lineup today. I don't know, but uh, I think I'm completely staying away from it. Just not something I'm. I'm really too keen on. Now, the, here's one thing that, that has been pretty awesome as of late. And this one might be way overpriced to the point of not even taking it, but um, eh, it's minus 127, not too bad. But the Yankees lineup has um, – they're starting to hit. They're they starting to hit really well. Yes, they have. Uh, yes. And especially uh, the one guy they call Giancarlo Stanton. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, – he's, he's, I think he's – He's killing baseballs. I mean, absolutely yes, ripping is. the cover off of them. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess the question is against Patrick Corbin, is there any chance even with a little bit of juice that um, they don't kind of hit this number? Obviously there's a chance, but 
Uh, they've been just crushing the ball lately. I mean, I, I love the Yankees lineup against Corbin. You know, the, you're, I, I haven't done a deep dive into the numbers, but what I've seen from Corbin has not been great. No, um, I don't, you, have to, you don't have to dive too far deep no. to realize that he's not been good. <laughs> he, he hasn't been that good. Yeah. So the fact that the, uh, that the Yankees lineup is starting to heat up, that Stanton has been on a, you know, a long hitting streak and, and is just absolutely crushing the balls like we know he can and has been doing in the past, I mean, it's just great signs all around um, for the Yankees, for their lineup. Uh, look. When you have the pieces in place and they're actually performing, not to say they weren't necessarily underperforming previously, but they like they weren't getting that key hit or they weren't getting that, you know, that string of hits in an inning or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Now they are. Now they've started to to show and that they're hitting their, the ball out of the ballpark too. And is, and they're getting their home runs because I mean that's what they are. They're a power lineup. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna find a, a a more daunting power lineup head to bottom than you do with the Yankees. And when they're yeah. on fire and when they're hitting and they got their stroke going, I mean, they score runs, they hit home runs, they get doubles, they get extra base hits, you know, that's what they do. Um, and they're doing it now, you know, earlier they were struggling to get it done on a regular basis, but now they're doing it um Stanton like we've mentioned is on fire and the fact that you know like I mean just look at the hustle plays from like yesterday I mean wasn't it Torres that like scored from second or first yeah. or whatever because like nobody was covering any of the bases like you yeah, know it's, it's good baseball game they, they've yeah, definitely woken up in a in a way it's it's, sure. it's good ba I mean you know the Yankees are going to play smart baseball that's what they do they're the Yankees that's that's their team. Yeah, in they're, a yeah they're a very good baseball team, which yeah. I think people kind of forgot after a little while to start right. the season. It's like, all right. right, well, bad start, but let's not completely just disregard this team. Right, like, like, like bad that's, baseball team. Exactly. Like, that's why I always kind of, you know, since being in New York recently for the past, you know, five, six years, whatever it is, like, I always kind of roll my eyes with the Yankees, you know, the sky is falling mentality. Like, <laughs> oh, no. You know, Garrett Cole threw a first pitch ball. The, the game's over. Everything's crumbling. Like, you're the Yankees. Like, you're going to win 80-plus games. You're going to win, you know, a playoff. You're going to get into the playoffs most They're going to win their division. Like, like yeah. I mean, I mean like, yeah. look at their division this year. You, you Not to say there isn't competition, but the, the caliber of competition on paper it just doesn't jump out as, like, this is going to be a competitive division. Like yeah. it can be a competitive division. Absolutely. But I don't look at that, that list of teams in the East and say, Oh, well, you know, aside from the Yankees and maybe, I don't know, Tampa, whatever, like is Boston going to compete year round Right to be seen? Is, is Baltimore going to compete year round to be seen? Is Toronto going to compete year round? Again, question mark. Like the Yankees are going to be the Yankees. And now that they're hitting their stroke, they can continue to mash the ball, get their hits, be smart on the base path, be good defensively, be able to, you know, have good pitching outings. Like Tyone is not something to, you know, ignore on the mound. I mean, he's a good pitcher and he should be able to, to have his way with the Nationals lineup. Um, yeah. And, you know, like I mean, it's just it's just a good matchup for the Yankees right here. It is, and to to further just like end up loving the fact that the team total too, and 
I mean, the Yankees, it's going to be tough to bet them today just because of minus 186 and Jamison sure. Tyone. You know, I'm I'm not going to say it's like some great pitch or anything. For the most no. part, he's not really been that good. But the Yankees but, should win this game for sure. Yes. No doubt should win this game. Uh, but it's just too high of a price to pay for me. I just think with the way they're hitting, I, I think they haven't hit this number twice in the last five games. But Patrick Corbin gives up a ton of home runs. So far, he he's tied for seventh. Uh, he's given up seven home runs so far this season. There's only one outing where he hasn't given up a home run. Now he's in a hitter-friendly park in which a team is crushing the ball at the moment. It's just like it's this perfect matchup of the Yankees could just hit three or four home runs mm -hmm. and this thing go over easily. Um, they, if, uh, Patrick Corbin has already given up one game in which he's allowed three home runs this season, and that was against the Diamondbacks. He gave up two home runs against the Mets. The only game where he didn't give up a home run was the St. Louis Cardinals. But this is a hitter-friendly ballpark Ooh. and a team that is full of right-handed mashers in Judge, in Stanton, in DJ LeMayhew, in Glaber Torres. This is set up for them <laughs> to absolutely crush the soul of mm -hmm. Patrick Corbin and I'm I'm taking it. I don't care if it's if it's a sucker bet, if it's an easy one or too easy and like this is a square bet, I really don't care. Every single statistic and every single way that these teams match up and where the ballpark is, everything is telling me that they are going to crush Corbin. And I I don't think minus 127 is a price that is going to deter me from thinking that. I, they should absolutely go over that number. Absolutely. I mean, there's no reason not to, you know. I mean, Stanton will get more than halfway there in one swing of the bat in this game, most likely. I would. I would the way assume. he's hitting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're going to have, I'm assuming, <laughs> the way Corbin pitches, they're going to have base runners. So, you yeah, know, if they connect, that, if they connect with the right. home run there, you're going to be two, three runs right there in, in one swing. So, yeah, I'm not. I'm not deterred by anything Corbin's doing or the Nationals as a whole. So, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. You're tuned into the Better Baseball Podcast, WindailySports.com. If you want to go back into our YouTube channel and we have it posted on WindailySports.com, first episode of the Fantasy Isle, Marshall Falk was a guest on the program, and you can check that out, WindailySports.com, first episode. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of content coming out from that, uh, videos and stuff that you can check out on our Twitter account, at WindailySports.com. All of that will be coming through and plenty of content in terms of if you want to see just how bad the numbers are for sure for Patrick Corbin and a few other starting pitchers on this slate. Uh, well, just check out the WindDailySports.com starting rotation article. Adam does a tremendous job of putting together kind of a full breakdown now. You know, he doesn't go completely into every single pitcher, but uh, it does a pretty good breakdown of each pitcher and why you should either get them into your lineups or why you should stay away from it. Uh, all right. So going into the next game here. Um, and I think those two, we just went through, especially that last game uh, that should be interesting. But now we have a little bit of a um, Los Angeles matchup here a little bit between the Dodgers and uh, yes. angels. The um, series. <laughs> yeah. Urias uh, has been pitching well. Uh, and, yes, he you has. Know, the Angels have not been doing so well. Otani's still crushing the ball. Uh, mm -hmm. He's doing a great job. Mike Trout looks like the best player in baseball still and probably off to his best start of his entire career of any season. Uh, but how can we find a way to bet this? Because I think the, the, the Angels' problem always and forever and just will never end for Mike Trout and the Angels 
pitching is a little brutal and Griffin Canning yeah. does not really instill any confidence whatsoever. Uh, no, no, he doesn't. Um, however, I mean, the Dodgers have been slumping. On, yes, they have. Yeah. You know, so, you know, th- th- they're missing some key pieces. Bellinger's been out for a while. They've, they've got some, you know, bullpen injuries that have hurt their pitching staff on the, on the back ends of games and stuff. So while it looks like Cannon could just be, you know, the fuse to light the Dodgers match on the offensive side. Yep. Um, I'm not completely sold on that. I think he, if the Dodgers keep, you know, hitting the way they've been hitting the past handful of games, you know, Seager has been on a, on a terrible stretch for now. Betts has been on a so-so stretch. Like they just haven't been getting the connection and the, and the pieces together to, to get those hits together. Um, now, this should be a good spot where they should be able to get a bunch of hits off of Canning. But will they? That's always been the question these past like two weeks for the Dodgers. It's like, ideally, this is a favorable matchup. But is it, though? Because, yeah. I mean, Canning isn't terrible. You know, he's he's not like just going to go out there and just drop an egg and and give up a ton of runs. I mean, he might give up a bunch of hits. I don't know how well the Dodgers are able to convert those hits. Um, so I'm not necessarily just writing this off as bad pitching for the Angels and the Dodgers should steamroll the Angels. Um, I am kind of leaning that way on the Dodgers pitching, though. I think Urias can uh, can take control of, of the Angels lineup and you know be able to, to keep them in a favorable position that if the Dodgers lineup can get some hits off of Canning and get some run support, that the Dodgers can be able to capitalize on Urias's strong start. Although, even though he hasn't favored in decisions recently, I can't necessarily say that Urias's starts have been the most spectacular either. You know, like a couple starts ago, he matched what the other pitcher was doing, but he wasn't dominating the game. And right. the Dodgers were able to pull that out. So he didn't, he ended up not factoring in, in the decision. But the Dodgers are five and one in Urias starts this season. So I feel like Urias can carry the Dodgers at least to the sixth inning and have them in a good spot. Um, you know, like the Angels lineup has just been hit and miss so far. Like, yes, Otani's been crushing it as DH, but, you know, he's typically like two for four with a home run. Like, I mean, that's good to hit 500. All those games is is great, but it's not like he's going out there being three for four in key spots. You know, like yesterday, Mike Trout was 0 for four in whatever, you know, like they don't have the consistency in their lineup. And it's been that way most of the year that they're just not combining those hits together and generating the huge amount of runs. You know, like you look at the Angels lineup and I mean, now that they've waived Pujols and and put Jared Walsh in as the as the go to first baseman. I mean, he's batting 330. um, But is he going to be a consistent, you know, piece to that offensive lineup? I mean, that's that's the intent for the for the for the roster move is that Jared Walsh is. At least at present, the future first baseman, and he does provide. 
he does provide, you know, consistent hits. He has decent power. He's got six or so home runs. Um, he's got a bunch of RBI, so he so he can generate offense. He can generate offense um, in a spot that maybe Pujols was underperforming. But I mean, it's Pujols. You you've seen him underperform for like three years. So I don't know why that's such a big shocking change and difference. Why yeah. you need why no, you need to make that move been, right been now? That way for a little while. Yeah, right. Sure. Why, why you need to make that move right now doesn't seem to make any sense unless Pujols, you know, caused a a, a fuss in the in the front office or, or, you know, cause some issues. Um, I'm not blaming it on Pujols either, but I'm just saying like to make that move is weird. Although it makes sense when you look at the offensive production of Walsh. And I think that his routine appearance in the lineup can help the angels move forward and be a more productive offense. Now, can they do it against Urias? Yeah. Again, that's yeah, the question. Absolutely. I'm not sure they can do it against Urias. Can they do it against the Dodgers bullpen? In the current state, yes, I think they can do it against the Dodgers bullpen because, I mean, the Dodgers bullpen has been lacking in in <laughs> in recent terms. Yeah. I mean, look, Gonsolin's on the on the IL, Gratterall's on the IL, Price is on the IL. You know, they're just they're just missing pieces in their bullpen, and their pitching hasn't been as strong as it should have been. Their offense isn't clicking as well as it can. Although I think Cannon might be able to be that match that lights the fuse but again you know i i'm torn i'm leaning towards dodgers because of urias's pitching but i'm torn as to what the angels can do in whole against what the dodgers are are putting out there as far as run support and yeah and, and that's what that's what kind of is is the concerning part it's more of yeah. the just the angels inconsistencies more than mm-hmm. anything uh because i would i would be loving to bet them more but they just haven't haven't really shown that. I mean, kind of back to what they have been after such a great start. Now 13 and 17, starting pitching's a problem. The lineup's a little bit inconsistent. Bullpen not doing well. I mean, it's a bunch of things that the Angels, you know, we kind of knew about them. And, you know, it's starting to really come back here. And, uh, it, yeah, not not so great. It, it, it really hammers home the, the notion that you can't fix long-term problems with free agents. Yes. That is – yeah, that's the key. You have to try. Well, <laughs> you have to have good players in the system. Which, for whatever reason, the Angels, who should have seen this issue for decades, um, just haven't generated quality, grown, you know, homegrown pitching talent. I don't, I don't know why they don't, or or what their thinking is as to why they're not focusing more on just stockpiling every quality arm they could find in the in you know in the draft mm-hmm. but they haven't done it you know if, if you think your offensive lineup is going to carry you it, it that doesn't work and it's been proven multiple times you have to have a capable pitching staff and the angels keep spending year after year they keep spending you know decent money on free agent pitchers and they get eh, questionable return so, you know, the Angels, if they want to ever improve and get over that hump and give Trout the postseason appearances that he deserves, you got to get pitching prospects and yep. grow them and establish them as major league pitchers. And yeah, for sure. I, I, I and, and it's just it's just not there. And I, I can't bet the, the Angels because of it. I look, I would like to bet on certain times plus 135 because 
I know that lineup can pop, but mm-hmm. it's just it's just not not there for them at this point. Not consistent enough for me to do it. Um, so there are two bets uh, that I found that I really like. I want to mm-hmm. I want to attack this Austin Gomer matchup as yes. much as much as much as much as much as I can. Uh, he's mm-hmm. not been very good, and I, I I actually think the Cardinals. I have him on the run line at plus money, and I think that should be good. Flaherty's 5-0 and this season, 3.4 yes. in ERA, but they have not lost a single game that he has pitched so far mm-hmm. this season. And Austin Gomer, you know, early in the season was start, was getting away with a lot of things. He was walking a ton of batters, yes. but I think it's all kind of caught up to him. He has an ERA of 5.9. Uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's just allowing a ton of run in each of his starts. Um, has only won two starts out of um, – you know, all of them that he's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, two out of six starts that he's won. Um, and I think what I'm I'm betting on here too is the Cardinals at home. They hit left-handed pitching really well. Jack mm-hmm. Flaherty should shut down this Rockies lineup. Absolutely. That at home they're great. They're two and eleven on the road. So they have just these ridiculous road splits. Um, everything's got to tell me here that the the Cardinals not only can hit Gomer, but uh, I think Flaherty should cruise through this game, probably get six, seven innings strong out of him. Yeah, has he been particularly sharp as we would like him to be? No, but I think you can get a solid six, seven innings out of him, and that's basically all they'll need in this game uh, because I just I, I don't like Colorado's lineup outside of Colorado, and uh, he should do a pretty good job there. So I have that one. And then also uh, I'm taking a look here, and this has been – Moving down a little bit, so that's good. I'll take that. It was a minus 134, now at minus 130. Uh, this is another one where the pitching matchup just favors Oakland way too much here. Uh, Rich Hill's not good. He's mm-hmm. on the road now in Oakland, and Oakland mashes left-handed pitching. Uh, they're top 10 uh, against left-handed pitching. They're a pretty good home team. They're 11-10, and 10, so it's not like particularly great, but it's still good enough, and I think I'm – you know. Not a great end to the series against the Toronto Blue Jays, but I think the matchup here should be good enough for the Athletics to win this one. Especially with, uh, you know, when I saw Rich Hill in the mound, I thought Oakland would be a little bit too high of a favorite, especially because Sean Manai has actually been pitching pretty well, mm-hmm. uh, too. Three and one with a 3.48 ERA. Uh, I, I just, I think minus 130 is not really that much of a price to pay for all of this. Uh, both teams are pretty good, have done well this season. The Athletics 19 and 14, Rays 18 and 15. But Rich Hill, if there's if there's one spot always that I want to pick on with the Tampa Bay Rays, it's going to be Rich Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, he has somehow survived some games this season, but I mean he went through four straight starts to start the season of four earned runs allowed. And look, he pitched well in his last start against Oakland. Six innings pitched, two earned. Oakland still won that game as well. I don't think that's going to happen again. Uh, it's just they, they, the first time they saw it didn't work, but they still hit well against left-handed pitching, and I don't think it's going to happen twice this time. So uh, I think I'm going to take Oakland against Tampa Bay. And here's sort of the board that we have here, and I think we're going to stick with the first five for the Diamondbacks. But here, four bets for you mm-hmm. to uh, to enjoy. I think we both really like the Diamondbacks, right, yes. especially with David Peterson uh, you know, going up against the Diamondbacks. I think it's a good enough play. First five innings, Zach Gillen should, I think, outpitch David Peterson in this one. He's a good matchup against the Mets lineup, and the Arizona Diamondbacks are a good matchup, their lineup, against David Peterson. So plus 104 for the first five. Over four and a half for the Yankees. Total runs at minus 109. Mm-hmm. Patrick Corbin on the mound, uh, which is not very good. 
Uh, but the Yankees, right-handed hitters, are crushing the ball, and specifically we're looking at Giancarlo Stanton, and especially Patrick Corbin's home run rate that he gives up to a home run hitting team in a home run ballpark. Everything's kind of leading to over four and a half for the Yankees. Cardinals minus one and a half. I'm picking on the Austin Gomer uh, pitching matchup here. I think the Cardinals should be able to hit him, hit lefties really well. Uh, his underlying metrics, his bad kind of uh, you know control issues that he's had, it's catching up with them, and I think it's going to still continue that here against the Cardinals. Jack Flaherty on the mound. They have won in every single one of his starts. I like him here, plus 108. Rocky's also terrible on the road. And then the Athletics, um, I think I like here with, against Rich Hill. They do pretty well against left-handed pitching. They do pretty well at home. Uh, I, I like it. I think Shamanaya is a that much better of a pitcher than Rich Hill, that minus 130. It's kind yeah. of exactly – it's it's kind of right where I'd put it, but a, enough of a price for me to just take it and feel good about it. Uh, Brian, it's the weekend. Happy it's weekend. It's the weekend. Yes. Ha- happy happy weekend. weekend. Happy baseball. <laughs> yes. uh, that is it for the Better Baseball Podcast. We will be back next week, windailysports.com. Mm-hmm. But, again, be sure. Go back, check out the first episode of the Fantasy Isle with special guest Marshall Falk on that episode. And then also go back and check out our other podcasts on windailysports.com, but the starting rotation article, picks and pivots if you want Major League Baseball. I know our guy Stoby, he has an MLB article that is out today. Plenty of DFS content, plenty of betting content for you to check out all at windailysports.com. We'll be back next week. Better Baseball Podcast, windailysports.com.